welcome back to the Harry Potter cast. I'm your co-host, Dejour, and the Jonas Brothers are reuniting. New music as the time of this recording tonight. I, I don't know what else to say except that. And when are the Cheetah Girls coming back, too? That's my mm-hmm. next question. Joining us, as always, is our lovely co-host, Sienna. Sienna, how are you doing today? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm ready for break. Honestly, yes. We have our spring break coming up. And we are all very excited. I've been ready. Been ready. For a long time. <laughs> For a long time. Probably since January. <laughs> okay, and our special guest for this episode is Halftime Leisure Assistant Editor, <laughs> Anna. Anna, how are you today? I'm good. I'm excited to be talking about a book that's not Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dracula. I had to do Dracula last yeah. semester. Mm. <laughs> So for today's episode, continuing on with the series, we are talking about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the book. One of my personal favorites. But before we get into the the meat of the book, mm. now that we have a new guest, we always like to ask our new guest a question. And that question is, Anna, when how did you get introduced to the Harry Potter series? Like, what is your background with the series? That's a really good question. I actually used to be like, horrified of the series just like the movies really really freak me out like that snake I spoiler alert <laughs> there's a snake but yeah <laughs> so I was not a fan but then I don't know why I think like my sister was reading or something I like picked up the book as a child does <laughs> and, um, I started reading it and like I literally finished the book in like a day and I knew that I had I'd really entered a great world you yes. know <laughs> mm-hmm. yes no that is beautiful and so to start us off, doing what we always do for the books, our favorite chapters. Um, so, Sienna, do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. So, I'm not sure what number chapter this is, but my favorite chapter is Aunt Marge's Big Mistake, mm. which, if you have read the books, you know what I'm speaking of. It is the chapter in which she insults Harry's family, and then Harry like unleashes his magic upon her, which makes her expand and expand and expand and float away. Yep. Um, and all the family's memories have to be modified and all of that. I just find it really, really funny. Um, <laughs> it brought joy to me uh, to, to read because she it's really what she gets. gets what she's coming. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, too, about, like, I don't know. It's just so interesting because the insult that provokes it is, like, if there's something wrong with the bitch, there's something wrong with the pup. So basically saying, like, Harry's mom was messed up, and therefore Harry is messed up. Mm -hmm. I just can't help thinking, like, what was Aunt Petunia thinking Mm, that time? Like, she doesn't say anything, but that's her sister, and also that's her... So even even if she's not offended, like, oh, you insulted my sister, she's literally saying, like, the family is wrong. Your bloodline. So, yeah, that's just always been something that has... I've been interested in in thinking about. Um, Yeah, I definitely agree. I think I really enjoy just a sneak peek ahead, but, like, how the later series, you know, gives your toe into uh, Ampetunia a bit more. Yeah. Um, She's really undelved into in this one. She doesn't really get much time. I wonder what she is thinking. I don't know. Maybe that she just has to keep up the facade. True. Because that's that's who she is. Um, Anna, what's your favorite chapter? Um, I like chapter 22. So that's the last chapter of the book. Um, And I feel like I don't know, I feel like J.K. Rowling always has this way of ending books on, like, this, like, it's, like, kind of like a cliffhanger, but there's also, like, there's some wrapping up of the book, so I liked that in Chapter 22, um, Buckbeak is free, for those who don't know, Buckbeak is an animal we meet in the book, um, he, she, it, 
is wonderful. <laughs> um, and yeah, I love Buckbeak. Can we find out later that Buckbeak is a girl? I think we do. Who knows? Yeah, that's irrelevant. That really. Is. <laughs> I guess I just have to read the rest of it now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sirius is also like on the run. Um, mm-hmm. this part of the book, so not just the name of a great Beyonce <laughs> album, but also very applicable. Um. But yeah, so I like that. And also they start talking about the World Cup uh, for Quidditch, which comes up True. next Yes, um, that for Oh, J.K. Yeah. Rowling. She's like, she's very good at that. Oh, at yeah. like putting like droplets in for stuff that's going to come up in like later books. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, when it comes up, you're like, yes, because you talked about this already. So right. I have remembered that it is not Buckbeak. It is Norbert the dragon Normal. who later is yeah. revealed as a yes. female dragon uh so yes that was just gonna bother me and <laughs> yeah buckbeak is a male a male hippogriff i guess oh buckbeak we love buckbeak so i think my favorite chapter is gonna have to be 18 that's um mooney wormtail padfoot and prongs mm. um this chapter it just it's like so you don't get the full reveal of everything yet because Right at the end of the chapter, she ends off like a little cliffhanger where like Snape is revealed to be there the whole time. And then the beginning of the next chapter, he does his thing where he uh, gets Sirius tied up and he, you know, I'm going to save all of you and I can't wait to get the Dementor's kiss. But in this specific chapter, Lupin starts beginning the story of the Marauders and talking about how they came together, talking about how he used to transform and it was like, the worst and to be with him they all became unregistered and a may guy which is like totally illegal but whatever and it's just watching this stuff unfold and seeing how jk Rowling sort of like teased bits and pieces of it throughout the beginning of um the book before this chapter just to like have it all come together and then as it's coming together you're starting to put pieces together yourself you're like wait a minute where's wormtail He's is he actually dead? What's happening? It's it you start to like put stuff together in your head, but it's still not fully there yet. It's just nah, chef's kiss. <laughs> she really did her thing with this chapter and ending off on that little cliffhanger to where you have to turn the next page. Like you're not gonna go to sleep after that. Like so it's sneaky. not bedtime yet. So like <laughs> you're just reading the rest of the book at that point. I feel like this is when the climax starts to really kick in and like punch you in the gut and I love it. It's it's my favorite chapter. <laughs> um Moving on to what we always do once again, our MVP and our LVP of the book. If you're just tuning in, MVP, most valuable player. LVP, least valuable player. Hmm. Anna, take it away. <laughs> Who's your MVP? So, um, going back, my MVP is Buckbeak, the wonderful hippogriff. Mm. Um, he, yep. as we now know, he um, <laughs> is uh, just like, we meet him and he like goes off against Draco and we love seeing Draco struggle. I mean, we I love do. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just like, I really think Buckbeak's a great, great character. Um, and he really connects with Harry, which um, I think is kind of important because you don't really see Harry, like, I feel like it's really hard for him to open up with people just like mm-hmm. throughout the book. So that's pretty cool. Also, like, bonus points to Hermione. Like, she takes like 10 classes. Yeah, I, honestly, she's crazy. Yeah. She's crazy. There was a semester where I was taking four classes. I'm still nine. <laughs> I don't know. Hermione's crazy, but she's what we all aspire to be. Um, my MVP is gonna have to be Sirius Black. This man, 12 years in Azkaban. (laughs) That's a long time. That's wild to me. Knowing, and I think one of the things that is so powerful, like a, a small thing about Sirius that is so powerful though, is that he was able to keep his sanity because he knew 
that he was innocent. Mm -hmm. And, like, that, just knowing that that is what keeps him going with, like, all of these Dementors sucking on his happiness. And, like, he's able to, like, still live with his soul because he knows that he's innocent. And he knows that he didn't do it. He loves Harry. It's just, like... The strength of this man, like he turns into a dog and he's like a frail <laughs> dog and he's so skinny and hungry. And I just, and I think also just like, just more going into J.K. Rowling's writing, like the plot twist of having Sirius be like the good guy all along when the whole book, like Sirius is evil. Whoa. So yeah, my MVP is Sirius. Mm, it's <laughs> so interesting to think about like plot twists that at the time would have registered a plot as plot twists but now are just, now like, so just like, apparent. Yeah, so mm-hmm. commonplace now. Yeah. But like at the time, my mind was blown. Hmm. To be fair, I watched the movies before I read the books. Um oh my yes, God, I did. Like... I did. Well, Shut most up. of them. Not not the last one. I read the book before the last one. But yeah. <laughs> Sienna? My MVP is Lupin. Remus Lupin. Mm-hmm. Because he just, like, takes Harry under his wing. He's such yes. a good teacher. He teaches him the Patroni. He, like, makes him feel like it's okay. The you best know, defense against a Disney oh, teacher. Like, They're gonna yeah, get 100%. the best. And not he, like, Harry's not abnormal for feeling the way that he is feeling. Mm-hmm. And he provides this window into, like, I knew your dad. I have this connection. I'm offering you the opportunity to, like, experience yeah. some, somewhat of this connection. Um, and I think he's just a good role model. Um, see, I, I just really... I like him. And mm-hmm. that moment, I think, even playing into the plot twist at the end, that moment where it's like, but you're in league with the series? Yeah. No. For a quick actually, second, like, you're thinking, yeah, wait, like, is he Lupin, not you too. Yeah. yeah. And then she twists it around again. Yeah. yeah um, so I just really love the way that he's depicted and, like, mm-hmm. just him as a character and everything that he represents to us, like a werewolf who, it's another window, as we've been talking, yes. into, like, all of the inequalities in the wizarding mm-hmm. world and all of the discrimination and how he's shabby, he doesn't have nice clothes because he can't get a job because he's being discriminated, like, just all of these things. And then he has to leave the school when when people find out about it because, because of Snape. Snape and Malfoy, like, mm-hmm. spread all that. And, yeah, I just really admire him. Yeah. Yeah. No, Lupin, Lupin's great. He's a fantastic teacher. It sucks that, you know, he would only be able to serve one year, but they all will only be able to serve <laughs> one year because Voldemort. Um... And I think just going off of that, and I think this leads well into the LVP um, that you may have, Sienna, but the the plot twist of Lupin only to be misdirected again mm. and reveal that, Sienna, who is your Ooh, LVP? My LVP is Peter Pettigrew, <laughs> mm-hmm. also known as Scabbers the Rat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, not also known as Scabbers the also Rat. Known as Wormtail. Also known as Wormtail. He has a lot of names. Yes, and they're all many sort names. of rat-related. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I just, he really, and this is intentional, but he is just the least, he's the most pathetic, he's just mm-hmm. so unsympathetic and actively horrible, and the way that he tries to manipulate Harry at the end, like, your dad wouldn't have wanted these are his friends to Like, how just, dare oh, you? God, and he only causes more problems as the books go on. I just was so repulsed by him, and the whole time I was thinking, like, how is Ron reacting to this man mm-hmm. having been his, like, he just had this man for 12 years. Like, I feel like they skim over that part, too. They really do. Yeah, and like, it's just like, you had a live human in your pocket for like, the greater <laughs> part of 12 years. So, like, <laughs> like he says, like, he let Scabbers sleep in his bed. Like, I don't, like, that's, I would feel like such true. an invasion of privacy and all of these things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because you clearly, like, 
pets are great. So you don't really assume that they have the same sort of consciousness. Exactly. And, like, ability to process and communicate and just, especially a rat. Like Especially a rat. What? Especially rat. Rats are rats, you know? You really so don't have, think like, that your rat is judging you. Exactly. So to have your rat be, and then also to be Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Like you it's like are the worst harboring, possible like, human exactly. to be your rat. To be if your any rat, rat is going to be your human. If any, <laughs> if any human is going to be your rat, that's the worst, the worst human. Yeah, and I'm, you mentioned in that Malfoy, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I'm just going to have to say my LVP is Malfoy. And predictable. predictable, but accurate, because what he does to Hagrid in this, mm. oh my god. True. We I forget. Mean, like, I don't forget, but we forget. It's, <laughs> it's not like the, the, the main, like the, the central mm-hmm. of plot lines, like it's kind of like almost like a subplot, Hagrid's whole becoming a teacher and then Malfoy being the worst, but he is actually the worst. Like him and his dad, I just, I can't do it. Like feigning being hurt even more first of all you hurt your damn self Hagrid (laughs) set the rules out he said this is how you approach Buckbeak you went there insulted the poor bird got hurt barely by the way okay like you got a little scratch calm down Malfoy he I just I honestly can't stand him like he he worked to get Buckbeak executed Mm. like you worked to kill this beautiful magical creature and Thankful for Hermione and her oh, wonderful time turner. Let's talk about Ooh. that. Oh, sorry, slap. I thought that's where you were going, but can no, we... we need to let's go to that. that I was gonna say thankful for Hermione's time turner okay. that Buckbeak didn't get executed, <laughs> okay. but that slap, Hermione, <laughs> Hermione. <laughs> this is that's what I needed. That's what I needed because reading that, I was just like Malfoy, I can't stand you. And when Hermione just did what all of us wanted to do at that moment. Yes. And let's be yes. honest, we all have a Malfoy we want to slap. So. We all have a Malfoy we want to <laughs> slap. And one day, one day. <laughs> one day yeah. um, Anna, who's your LVP? Yeah, so kind of at a left field, um, Professor Trelawney is um, a teacher we meet in this book who teaches divination. Mm. Um, and I don't know, she just really rubs me the wrong way. Maybe I'm just <laughs> not about the uh, the whole stars and the moon, but um, yeah. something about her just like doesn't sit well with me. But like, love Emma Thompson like in the movie like mm-hmm. I actually am kind of a fan of her in the movie but in the book it's just like it seems just like that she's very uh I don't know how to say it but like kind of just in face the whole time and I'm not like a big fan yeah. of that kind of mm-hmm. archetype yeah neither is neither is Hermione <laughs> <laughs> I think uh Trelawney's uh that's Trelawney <laughs> what Trelawney's character is interesting too because she is like always in space but then like she also there's two prophecies. She has these pivotal. She has these pivotal moments right. where, where like she, her prediction literally puts the whole book in motion. Without her prediction, Voldemort would not have tried to kill her. Voldemort Harry. would not. And then she also has the mini prophecy in here where she's like, yeah. um, um, Sarah will reunite with Master oh, once yeah, more yeah. in the movie. Once That's more. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, and it's just kind of like, I her character in that sense is really interesting. I don't, I don't think. I ever paid her much dust mm-hmm. until Order of the Phoenix mm-hmm. when, like, you know, she becomes a bit more significant because right, right. she has that big prophecy. But I think going off of what you were saying, Anna, she kind of annoyed me in the book as well. Yeah. It was um, just like, I was definitely part, on, but... like, especially because I feel like she was intentionally annoying, though. Yeah. Like, at times, like, her, like, 
riding on Harry all the time, but like death and the omen and blah blah blah, just being generally annoying. Like I live yeah. for the moments where Hermione would come. Disparaging through, like, Hermione, like disparaging please. Hermione, please, please. Also, can we just hear a little bit more of your trolling? <laughs> 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 just like a little bit more. Just a little bit more. No, I I always find that that I mean this is for the movie, but that scene where she gives the prophecy, the is it's just it's haunting. It's haunting. It sticks in my head because Emma Thompson. Ah, chef's, chef's kiss once again <laughs> yeah but i feel like she's definitely based off of like some horrible teacher jk rowling had it she has she has to be like she's so accurately do depicted that it's like mm. Mm. That, that she starts to like yeah. who hurt you? like who <laughs> yeah. hurt you like why are you actually the most annoying right. <laughs> yeah. but i do have to admit that i love throughout the book ron and harry just like making up her homework assignments oh, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> making up random tragedies because they know she'll love that shit like just <laughs> wait there's that scene where um i think it's in the book and maybe it's not this book but maybe it's the next one where like ron like describes this man like with a like big face like fat nose and it turns out it's the the guy who's giving him the, it, oh, it's the OWLs. Yeah. oh yes i literally died i was like oh my god that's Ron, such no. a good scene that's such a good scene no yeah 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 i love i love uh ron and harry's like friendship of just like <laughs> we're just gonna make stuff up because she's gonna buy into any tragedy that we write down because she loves that stuff just building off of ron and harry's friendship though we need to talk about their treatment of Hermione in Ooh. this book. So, Hermione, Harry gets the package of the Firebolt after his Nimbus 2000, his trusty Nimbus 2000, is destroyed in Quidditch. Sad. R.I.P. And he, obviously he's very excited, as well would be. But Hermione, being the one who thinks two steps ahead, is like, you got this package. There's no, like, sender you don't know who it's from. There's a dark wizard after you, always, but especially now. Obviously, I'm going to turn this in to make sure it's not, like, cursed to kill 100%. you. Her logic, 100% there. So why are Ron and Harry the worst to her afterwards? They get so mad at her. They literally don't talk to her for, like, weeks. And it just makes me so... And especially Ron, which, like... The whole Scabbers versus Crookshanks. The whole Scabbers versus... Team okay. Crookshanks. Team, Team Crookshanks truly for life. Yeah, but she, knew. she knew. <laughs> she knew. She knew. Which also has she's also <laughs> friends with Sirius. Also, so clearly Sirius. she has good taste. Oh, exactly. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. I really forgot. Mm-hmm. Is Crookshanks a, a female cat? Doesn't it really doesn't matter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and that, I want to know the cat who played Crookshanks in the movie. Like I want to yeah, meet it. Yeah, I want to meet it. Kind of reminds me of like Garfield. It might be dead. It's been oh. a while. <laughs> That's true. I like Aww. forget about that all the time. That is not what I want to hear. (laughs) But just going off of that, speaking of, now we know that there, if you want to say romance, doesn't really jump off until (laughs) Goblet of Fire and the U-Ball. We'll get to that. But Ron and Hermione arguing, I mean, all the time, like nonstop, like they're always at odds. Yes, Harry is also a jerk during the Quidditch situation, but he comes around way faster than Ron does when it comes to like, okay, we're going to stop being a jerk to Hermione now. Mm-hmm. Them two in this book. I mean, the teenage angst. Uh-huh. Or preteen angst. So no, they're much angst. By they're now. like 13, They're right? 13 now. The teenage angst. I guess they're so young. They're so young. And I, like, the buddy, I feel like it's it's more like canon that, like, it really jumps off in Goblet of Fire. But, like, I always read it as this is when 
it truly starts yeah. off because their arguments like you don't care that much about what someone thinks unless you're like um, exactly in them unless right it's such a situation like where you're like you're in elementary school on the playground and like the boy pulls your hair and he's like oh like, like oh. actually he's like that's right. his way of being like i like you and she <laughs> right. is so hurt when he is like your cat killed my dad. like mm-hmm. she's, she's so hurt, so by, hurt that. by it yeah. yeah but i also i also think that despite like them arguing and clearly something is happening there um they're still best friends because even when they were not this is one of like my favorite ron moments of all time even when they were not speaking and snape is subbing in for lupin and he digs into hermione and says why do you always have to be an insufferable know-it-all mm-hmm. and ron is like you Who's asked a question funny? and she gave an answer why ask if you don't want to be told right damn i just remembered that <laughs> i nice. i stan ron in that moment <laughs> i because they weren't even talking at that moment, like yeah. they're still arguing, and he's like, "Wait, <laughs> like okay, maybe I'm not talking to Hermione, and maybe sometimes I'm mean to her, but you don't also get to be mean to her. Only I, <laughs> only I <laughs> get to be mean to Hermione, which is Hermione. Yeah. Hermione gives it to him right back. Right. So it, oh Jesus, those two, they are a mess, and they've continued to be a mess throughout the series. <laughs> um, so. Just going back to, we talked a bit about, or I just mentioned Snape and Lupin's classes and stuff like that. I want to get more into Lupin's classes because, as we talked about earlier, Lupin is the best defense against the dark arts teacher that they ever get in the series. Like, he just is. And he introduces one of the most, like, pivotal creatures in mm-hmm. the Harry Potter universe, which is a, a Bogart. And Bogart? Bogart. <laughs> I can't speak. No, Bogart. I mean, you may be right, but... I think it might be Bogart, or Bogart, or Bogart. I think it's Bogart. I think it's Bogart. Yeah. I think it's Bogart. Um, and one of the, like, most pivotal moments in this uh, this book is when he says to Harry, um, after Harry tells him that, or they see that his uh, Bogart is a Dementor, he says to him, that suggests that what you fear most of all is fear. Very wise, Harry. And, like... Can we just get into that quote a bit? Because J.K. Rowling, she has some quotes in the she this series. Like, I mean, cool. just she writes quotes. a lot of things. She writes a lot of things. Some of them things. are good. Some of them are like deep. And I feel yeah. like, what do you guys like make of that quote of like Harry's fear? Like, what does this what does this tell us about Harry himself? It's just like wildly mature for someone his age, mm-hmm. and maybe he didn't even really think of it that way like maybe he but also compared to everything else he's experienced to be fair some of it was when he was not you know like conscious enough to really he was just sort of it was happening around him and he was yeah you know and he's the the dementors bring back those memories Mm -hmm. of now when he was there and watching his parents die but even even in the past few years like he's had some pretty terrifying like strenuous things happen to him but still what scares him the most is those memories, mm-hmm. is that sense of fear and horror and helplessness that's just brought back by the forced recall of those events that happened when he was a baby. So I think it makes total sense that his worst fear is the thing that would bring that back and bring yeah. him back to that moment of just this horrible thing that happened, even mm-hmm. though even though I can't, you know, even though I can't control anything about it. Yeah. Um, and I think it just shows that he's like wildly wise beyond his year, years yeah. without him even really realizing it 
Um, and it just shows how impressive he is, especially when he learns to um, combat the Dementors through the Patronus, which we learn later is, like, wildly Ooh, advanced for his age. Very. Crazy. Yeah, no, I... This is... So, as we know, Harry Potter has uh, been my MVP twice now, and we're on the fifth episode, so <laughs> LOL. But this book is when, for me, Harry Potter becomes, like, an iconic, like, hero character yeah, of, true. like, all time. And, like, right up there with the great heroes, like, characters. And I think, go like, basically what you were saying, Sienna, like, the idea that, like, he's a 13-year-old kid and, like, his biggest fear isn't, like, Lupin assumed that it would be Voldemort. Like, that's not his biggest fear. His biggest fear is being helpless against Voldemort is is having to relive like the trauma that not being able Voldemort to save brings. someone not being able to save love. someone that you love not being able to fight back like that I think this this quote in this moment with Harry I think sort of sums up the ethos of Harry as a character and leads into like so many acts that we see in the rest of the series that he's gonna make you know because sometimes Harry's um like, desire to be the hero is what, like, bites him in the ass. And, right. Right, and I yeah. think that, like, him, this, like, characteristic of him being afraid of being helpless and not being able to save the people that he loves is, like, such a, just such a strong, pivotal, like, thing about Harry that isn't always this, like, great hero, like, beautiful thing that can sometimes be, like, the downfall of people. Um yeah. And, yeah. I think that concept, like you mentioned, like that word love, it just, it comes up so often in this book and the rest of the books because it's like this idea that, um, this, that's what saved Harry and that's what he thinks. Yeah. Indirectly will save the rest of the world, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, since we're talking about, uh, Bogarts. what, what do you think your guys, Bogart would take? <laughs> Right now, it is my English thesis. <laughs> that is the most terrifying thing in my life right now. Yep. Um, yes. In two weeks, it will probably take the form of a different upcoming application or a whatnot. Different, some application. But, but, but truly, like, yes, I joke. But also, I think it ties into a deeper fear of just, like, inadequacy, mm, which is obviously yeah. not a tangible, like, I don't know what the Bogart would actually turn into in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it represents, like, a larger fear of just, like, being so passionate about something, caring so much, devoting so much time and effort, and then just failing. Or, yeah. like, being told that it's not good enough. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's deep. That's deep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to follow that up. <laughs> um, well, on a more tangible note, I think I am deathly, deathly afraid, much like Ron of Spider. Mm. Um, I do not yep. in any way mess with any type of eight-legged, six-legged <laughs> creatures um, with fangs. So, oh. yeah. But I think if I, like, you know how, like, it turns into a joke afterwards? Yeah. I definitely think that the spider would turn into, like, a piece of chocolate or something. Like, something happy. <laughs> something happy. Like, something that will bring joy. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love that that is, like, the, the Bogart's, like, defeat. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just make you happy. Like, you can't fear it if it's happy. 
most wow. of the time. Quote of the day. <laughs> you can't fear it if it's happy. Yeah, I, I think that. mine would be very similar to Hermione's. Of course, Hermione's was like a fear of just failing like all of her exams and stuff. But I think like that just spoke to like a larger fear of like failure itself right. and of not mediocrity. like mediocrity yeah. there we go <laughs> and not living up to like the expectations that you set for yourself and that other people have set for you yeah. because at this point in the series Hermione is like she pretty much set herself as like the brightest witch of like their age like mm. people know that by now that Hermione's the first one to raise her hand and I think a lot of my fear like comes from not living up to like expectations and so I feel like me and Hermione we kind of we see each other we see each other on that note. I feel very seen um, mm. with Hermione in that way. And just to go off of, like, talking about Harry and his Patronus, because, I mean, Harry, like, he summons a Patronus. Like, that's At insane. 13. At 13. Like, wow. what? Like, just looking ahead, when we get to the Order of Phoenix and he's trying to teach them how to summon the Patronus, like, they're having a heart. And, of course, Harry struggled. Like, it took him a minute mm-hmm. to get the Patronus down packed, but like still insane. I I, st- I love Harry so much. But anyways, <laughs> he does try like several different memories. And I believe if I'm correct, the one that like sinks in, the one that works is different from the movie. If I'm correct, it's the one, isn't it have something to do with him? Like um, when he, I remember it's when he got told that, he was a wizard. Yeah, I think, the yeah. movie they do yeah. some sort of like montage of all the people he cares about, but the, in the book it was no. In the movie they do it like, was like the first with his parents, like with a really, a, young, a really young memory yeah. of his parents, which didn't exist. It was like it was really faint and like yeah. I just remembered or something. Yeah, yeah it was like weird. I don't know about that change, but in in the in the book it's when he first gets his like Hagrid tells him you're going to Hogwarts, Harry. And you're a wizard. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> and I think, like, that says, just going back off of what we were talking about with Harry's character, I feel like that says all that you need to, all you need to be said. Like, that, that memory is, like, such a small one, but it's such a big one at the same time. Because it's, like, Hagrid, like, rescued him mm. from, like, that, that household. And, and that like, there was nothing in his life before then. There was nothing then. in his life before then. Like, Hogwarts and being told that he's a wizard is what like starts like Harry's life, like his his real life, his yeah. destiny, you know. And that's that's such a big, just such a big moment. I think. Um, yeah. I love that memory. I love that that what is Harry's memory. What would your memory be? Ooh. <laughs> that's a rough. That's a, that's that's a good question. I feel like, I mean, it has to be something really powerful and mm-hmm. something that will like cause enough joy. Yeah. Something that will bring enough Spark happiness. Enough joy. Spark enough joy. Uh, we love Marie Kondo. Um, I think, I don't know. I feel like it would be something, something that has to do with like Christmas time when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I really loved Christmas. I used to always uh like decorate the tree with my grandma and my aunt and stuff like that, and those always brought a lot of joy. So I'm thinking maybe something around that. Thank you. Sienna, do you have a um, happy enough memory? <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, no, I sure hope you do. I think, okay, what, what vividly stands out as, and it's kind of similar, I guess, Harry's. Obviously, I am not a witch, which 
is a pain I feel every day of every my life. Day. <laughs> but, every day. But being told, like, be sort of an affirmation or being told something. I think the only time, or the only time that I can remember that I've cried of happiness mm-hmm. was when I got into Georgetown. Oh. Which, like, whatever issues... <laughs> She's a Hoya! <laughs> like, whatever issues I may have You're with Georgetown... You're a Hoya, Sienna. I think... Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't even... I didn't even... This wasn't where I pictured. I I just viewed Georgetown as so far outside of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. that I just applied and was like, of course I'm not going to get in. You know, yeah. months later, and then and then I get like a little letter oh, in the, the mail, little envelope. which clearly oh, doesn't always spell good news. And at that point, I was like, you know, I'm of course this is this is the end. And <laughs> I opened it and I read it and I was like, what? I just hadn't even let myself consider the possibility, and. I didn't know how much I wanted to go mm-hmm. until I read those. I was like, yeah. I can't even describe it. And I was with my mom, and it was just wild. I think that's the only time that I've ever, yeah, that I've ever cried from happiness. Very similar to Harry in that in that regard. Like well, a world of opportunities a world is of just opportunities. about to open up that I just like up. hadn't experienced before. Oh, so. that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so hard to follow, but um, <laughs> I think I uh, I was really lucky enough to go to Tahiti a couple years ago with my parents, mm. um, my sister, and um, we went on this, like, water, like, they have, obviously, it's like, surrounded by, like, really pretty ocean and stuff, so we went on, like, they have these really nice coral reefs, um, and, like, they, they have these caves that you can, like, swim into and, like, walk along, and it's actually really, really cool, and at one point, there was, like, this ledge, and in order to get back to the boat that took us to where we came from, you needed to jump off of the ledge into the water. It's, like, a solid, like, 15-foot, like, drop. Like, it wasn't, um, but, like, just jumping off and, like, feeling free and, like, and, like, the sun was setting, and, Mm. um, and, like, I just remember feeling, like, so at peace, and, like, yeah, so I feel like just that, I mean, especially, like, in our, like, very rigorous schedules and, like, Mm -hmm. our daily lives, like, finding peace and, like, centering yourself is so hard, so definitely, like, a memory that evokes that kind of um, peace is is something that I think would help me summon a Patronus. Yeah, no, I think that's so valid. It kind of reminds me of one of the memories Harry tried, which was, like, Quidditch. The broom, yeah. And, like, just, like, flying on the broomstick and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. like, that feeling of, like, freedom, especially being stressed college students just Mm. having that bliss of like Mm -hmm. oh that's that's beautiful that's wonderful and I think just kind of going off of that because I feel like that level of freedom is something that you this is gonna get like really really deep interesting transition you can't have these like happy memories without your soul Oh, and yes, <laughs> wow, what a turn! And did the mentors kiss? Like, can we Ooh. can we get into that a bit? Because I think yeah, that has um. I just like J.K. Rowling has said in interviews in the past that like did the mentors kiss kind of came up from like her talking about like her own depression and feeling mm. like this like deep sadness that you can't really control and like all the happiness is like sucked out of you, and huh. I think. The mentor's kiss is probably, I think, the scariest thing for me in all of Harry Potter. Yeah. Like in all of Harry Potter. The mentors themselves. And even Nagini? Because it's like a close second. Nagini's creepy. But, I mean, she's. I'm less scared of Nagini now that J.K. Rowling has, like, soiled her. This isn't as. But Mm. I I think, like, the the mentors themselves and what they represent, like, is, is terrifying. And the idea that, like, like, 
what do you guys think about the ethics of having like the dementors kiss be like first of all of just having dementors as guards bringing them to a school and then having them like their kiss be like the final say yeah like, what do you guys think about the ethics over of that? the students because Dumbledore's like, against it yeah he's like, against dementors. they're not gonna no one's gonna order the kiss on a student but it's just that sense of unpredictability it almost does happen to harry like it's just you can't really control them they don't yeah. listen to anyone really um and i think i feel like this is this is deep but i feel like now in our actual in our world we talk mm-hmm. a lot about the death penalty and like yeah the ethics of that and stuff like that but this is sort of so so some people who are against the death penalty will say death is too easy like mm-hmm. they should live with their suffering but this sort of presents a third alternative because you're not living with your suffering. You're literally just existing. Like, they say you can exist without your soul. You know, mm-hmm. as long as your brain and heart are still working, you'll have no sense of self anymore, no memory, no anything. There's no chance at all of recovery. You'll just exist as an empty shell. So there's no sense of contemplation and, like, suffering. It's just mm-hmm. literally this shell of an existence. And there's no, what, what's terrifying is there's no chance of recovery. Exactly. So that's that's the, like, as hopeless as depression can be, there are positive, mo- like, it's, th- this is just so final, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's no, there's no recovery, and I think, honestly, I think it's horrible, like, yeah, it's See, just, I kind of disagree with that, I think living in that state of depression, I mean, like, I've seen people go through it, and it, I feel like that almost is suffering, like, to live like that is, is such a, uh, an exhausting existence that I think, and it's not the type of, of, of pain I think that you're referring to necessarily, but I do think in its own way, like, getting to that point, especially, like, with the mental illness is, like, mm. very, very, very much so. And I also just think that, like, you don't have, like, any of your memories or anything, like, there's nothing, but, like, not being able to experience joy anymore. Right. And it comes to the question of whether you even remember what the experience of joy is like, but, yeah. like, just not being able to, like, be happy, to, like, have any of that connection to, like, people, to the real world is, like, I think its own Mm -hmm. form of suffering. I think it's kind of, like, I think it's twisted. I think it's so twisted. (laughs) JK. JK. Crazy lady. (laughs) It's so interesting because she doesn't quite delineate, like, what what sort of consciousness it is. So, So you have no memories. You have no sense of self. But can you speak? Like, can like, what do you process what's going on in the moment? Like, those mm-hmm. are all these questions that I feel like aren't directly... Because the, the one character who gets the kiss is later on, which is Barty Crouch Jr., right? Yeah. And it's not really... Like, the effects of that are not... Um, like, we don't really see him after that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, like, take a look at Bellatrix. Like, she... Or her husband, at least, is in Azkaban for a pretty long time, and then they do escape in the fifth or sixth book, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Voldemort breaks them out. Right. So, like, to some... You, like, mentioned that there's no, um... But they didn't get the Dementors kiss, though. No, they didn't, but, I mean, is there... That's another question That's I have. just, like, prolonged like, exposure to Dementors. Right. And like, Sirius had the prolonged exposure. recover from it, or does that... Does it mm. eventually... Because I feel like Sirius is always kind of altered. Like, he's never right. quite Sirius is never quite the same. the same as, like... I think you can get better, but also he doesn't live long enough to really... Like, that's that's the real question, Stop. right? Like, <laughs> like he gets a little bit better, but it's in a short period of time, so yeah. you don't know if there's been 10, 15, 20 years after, like, how he would recover. Yeah. No, yeah, I think... 
yeah, Sirius is never the same. He's never... Because, like, the the flashbacks that we get later in the series with Sirius, he seems to be very, like, like you know, like, kind of, like, just, like, a handsome, chill, like... Yeah. Sort of, like, Daredevil. likes mischief, like... Motorcycle kind of like riding. Motorcycle riding, like, you know, like, one of those, like... He's the kid your parents don't want you to bring home. Exactly! He's the, <laughs> it, he's precisely he's the that. that I would bring home. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think there's... In one of the flashbacks, there's a scene that Harry sees, but, like, Sirius, they're taking the OWLs, and there's a girl behind Sirius just, like, looking at him with, like, oh, <laughs> He just doesn't even, like, Sienna. pay her any mind. Like, he's just, like, and? Like, so I think, like, he, he never quite, like, gets, like that sort of like yeah. he has his moments where he's like very rebellious but it comes it comes from a sense of like pain anger not from like of like devil make care yeah. like kind he's of he's also so young when he's locked up he's so like, young we forget oh, yeah. how like, young James they were is really young. like they spend like, 12 years but young. he comes out and he's like in his 30s yeah so all the time when he was like a man like truly a man not a teenager mm-hmm. is spent in prison yeah and so what does that do to like your identity formation mm-hmm. how does that influence Shit. your deep like what deep. it is to be a person yeah i agree and i think i i i don't think i will i mean there's a lot of reasons i would never forget fudge but Ugh. one of the main reasons oh, is fudge. like bringing the mentors to school yeah with a That's bunch of wild. kids 10 year olds 11 year olds like uh, think like, of first years first years who like could who who knows kids are kids are silly they could wander off and then it's already been established that the mentors like they don't distinguish yeah between like the good and the bad bad. like so like that's just so dangerous that's so reckless that's just this is like our first hint of like how the i mean we get a hint in chamber of secrets with like uh uh lucius and like him being able to like bribe people into getting Dumbledore out in the ministry but like this is like our first hint of like how incompetent Fudge is and how incompetent he's gonna be in the rest mm-hmm. of the series um and so to close us off we just got really deep <sighs> and who yikes but to close to us off it up a to spice bit. it up a little bit with a fun question the time turners Hermione she has them if she you, has them she has them and she sort of saves the day with them um if you had your own time turner what would you do, and and where would you go? Like what? I truly feel like I would be a Hermione and just take more classes. I do I think that I would it. give myself <laughs> more. Like I feel like she spends the time Turner time just in class as opposed to rewinding time and like doing more work. Like it feel it feels like she does all of her work in the normal amount of time, but then just yeah. takes extra classes. So I think I'd be more strategic about it, maybe, and like. Just extend the day, maybe four or five hours, so I could yeah. take one more class and also get all my work done. Get all your work done. Yeah. Uh, I'm a terrible Watch person, but it's fine. Honestly. Um, I'm yeah, I'm fresh off of watching um Umbrella Academy on Netflix, so which is a lot about um tune to my review on Halftime Leisure on mm. TheVoice.com. We love a plug. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> so um a lot of it has to um. Sorry, yes, George.com. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot of it has to do with like time travel and affecting time. So I don't like, think it would actually go anywhere because like I feel like time is so fickle to like mess with mm-hmm. and like so easily disruptive and I'm a very clumsy person. Like Hermione <laughs> almost has a scare where like she thinks she sees herself. She sees herself, yeah. But um yeah, I would definitely like mess something up somehow. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna stay on the safe side and say that I would probably burn that time turner to the ground. <laughs> Honestly, makes sense. I think I would 
probably go back and went to when my grandma was alive and ask her more questions about her childhood because mm. I she she passed when I was 11 10 and so I didn't really like now that I'm like actually more conscious of that stuff and like it, thinking yeah. about it like she's not here to ask and so I would want to like ask her like I know her parents were sharecroppers and so just like what was it like growing up in the 30s and then living through like the civil rights movement and all of that stuff like I just I need to know I need to know mm. so I think I would I think I would go back and just like write a profile about my grandma and her like her time a feature a feature perhaps <laughs> wait oh, she find that feature god no never i'm not writing another feature again in my life <laughs> <laughs> don't tell jack thompson okay. um okay so that was a wonderfully deep episode <laughs> of the harry potter cast um does anybody have any socials that they want to no. plug <laughs> georgetownvoice.com <laughs> I'm gonna ask this every time I see Anna's always gonna go no <laughs> Anna do you have any socials you wanna plug? um no I'm no? pretty much you know <laughs> I, yeah I don't really use only Instagram but, only uh, Instagram it's not that special not so, this- <laughs> yeah um if you so desire <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Dejour Evans in which case I'll just be spilling hot takes about movies all the time um thank you for tuning in to this episode of Harry Podcast next we'll be Diving into the movie, our special guest will be news editor Noah Tulerski and um, part of the business team. What's her title? Anna Glor. Oh, yes. <laughs> she is the general manager. General manager of the business team, Anna Glor. So thank you, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.